In this episode, we got the man with one of the biggest swordfish caught on the West Coast, the big game hunter himself, Serge Vasquez. What's up, what's up? Stick around, you don't want to miss this. Hustle and fish. Let's go. Welcome back to another episode of Hustle and Fish. Today we have my friend, the man, the big game hunter himself, Serge Vasquez. What up, my brother? Thanks for having me on, brother. No, brother, it's it's it's, it's an honor to have you here, big dog. Right on. How have you been? Great. 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 No complaints. I uh, wish the swordfish fishing was a little a little faster paced. It's all right. But, it's all right. Uh, that's fishing. You got a few notches on your belt. You know, you're all right. I wanted to briefly recap the story of how we met to start the show because it's almost surreal that you're here, that we have a relationship. My Absolutely. wife knows your wife. We're friends. And there's a lot of genuine love here. Absolutely. But I told you the story last time, but I was trying to save it for camera, guys. Uh -huh. I want everyone to know how this uh, transpired. Over three years ago, I started looking back into fishing because, you know, I stopped fishing in 2017 was my last big game trip. Started a core offshore, started the clothing, and I was just focused in that, right? Right. 2017, I started to peek back in the game, and the first guy I saw was you. Uh, special shout out to my man, Roger, because Roger, uh, shout out to Mijo's Tacos. <laughs> Roger was into coral, into the coral game. Right, right. My so, previous hobby. Yeah. So he was like, check out this guy, Serge. Right. He d does coral, but he's a fisherman. And I was like, and I was looking. I was like, and I saw you one day. You were cruising Catalina, looking all cool. And I was just like, <laughs> I was like, oh my god, like that guy is like living my dream right there. And then I requested you. Uh huh. And then. You, you, like a week later, you, 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 uh, follow my, you, you befriended me. Okay. And it was a big deal, bro. I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> and I was like, oh, Raj, that guy Serge, man, he befriended me. I can see his stuff now. And, right on. and I, I had this image of you of like bigger than life. Oh I, my God. I mean, it's crazy, right? So the power of social media, right? <laughs> dude, That's it right there, right? Oh my God. I, dude, and I, I thought, had no idea of any, of any of this until he broke it to me like last week. He gave me a little taste of this. And I was like, oh my God, I had no idea. I had to tell him how it started. And, and I would just watch watch you on Facebook. And I had you on the, like on my top follow list. So whenever uh -huh. you posted, I was watching it, right? And I only bring that up to say that it's crazy how life works you know it's just Absolutely. like like it came full circle right to one day we talked on facebook one day we talked on the phone one day you helped me with electronics one day we went fishing one day you were just fishing you're rocking uh, my clothes bgh and then honestly one day you called me right uh-huh and i was just like i had this surreal moment like man like you know, we forget, as humans, we forget so much stuff. You know, we forget, oh, yes, we forget yesterday. Yeah. But I was like, this is the guy that was like, I was in awe with. And to go full circle, now you're, 
you know, you're rocking BGH, you're right. repping my company, we got a relationship, and here we are on Hustle and Fish doing the new podcast. Now, I'm the fan of Ralph. <laughs> <laughs> so, yep. I, got, I got a few questions packed, but okay. I just want to keep it organic here and just pick your brain naturally and just ask you, uh, you know, what you've been up to, man? I know you're fresh off the boat. Yeah, exactly. We just did a day and a half trip with my guys on Fandango. We're not looking for the big bluefin and no love. Really scratchy fishing. It's way different than before the storm came in. You really got to work for him today. I mean, or recently, you got to work for him. So uh, it's not what we had hoped for, but it was a beautiful day on the water. I got to spend some time with some good people on the boat, and that's what it's about. Still making memories. Yeah. And that's another thing I like about you is that you put the work in. I'm not going to say I've been lazy because I've been really busy with mm -hmm. the clothing and everything. But, you know, it takes a lot of work. I know you have a lot going well, on with swordfishgear.com. Sure. I know you have a lot going on with Expert Marine. But I, right. I admire that. You still put the work in. And I know you. And sometimes yeah. you just put everything behind you. And you focus on the main thing, the passion. I have to. I'm definitely guilty of that. I turn into a bitter person if I don't spend <laughs> time on the water. <laughs> That's my therapy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And and now with the swordfish thing and, and the bluefin thing, like I stopped doing the bluefin thing to focus on the swordfish. And then I went back and did a few bluefin trips. I'm like, all right. And this was actually the first trip where I got to blend the two together. We were out there at on the inside of Tanner doing the bluefin thing. And I brought my all my swordfish equipment. And said, all right, guys, we got to drop a swordfish rig down. I know we're just going to, this is a plunker bite. We're going to be here for hours. We're probably going to be on this drift till sundown. We had a kite out and a balloon out. And I put out the swordfish rig. So I got that down. You know, the boat owner wanted to keep it at 300 feet. We're like, the, the bluefin could see it. So we did that for a little bit. And then I had a malfunction. And it ended up at 1,000 feet. What do you know? Um, so I... Uh, <laughs> See, that's what I want to ask you, because, you know, I know you from 2017, let's say. Right. And I know you from when these big tuna started popping off, you were on, t you were on them. Uh-huh. And then I know you as a big game hunter chasing bluefin. Right. And then, how did the switch happen to swordfish? So, it all happened on, after the last trip that I did on Fandango over a year ago. Um... We, we had planned to go out for bluefin, and a couple people flaked out on the trip, and it ended up just being three of us. It was Steve, the boat owner, and my friend George and myself. So we said, you know what, let's still go. The fishing seems like it's been pretty good, so let's just go. So we did that. We went out, went all the way to the grounds, and again, it was probably Tanner or Cortez um, two seasons ago or so when... Uh, the bite was going off over there pretty good as well. So we get out there and we were flying the flying fish and it was a little slow that day until just before sundown. We get blown up on, on the flying fish. We fight that fish, land it, get it on the boat. And after that, I, I were celebrating on the, on the cockpit, on the deck, cause it was really nice grade fish. And I look up at the meter in the cockpit and there's tuna under the boat. So I get a vertical jig, I drop that down, I start yo-yoing it, get hooked up on on one doing that, and I tell my friend George, grab my other rod and 
do the same thing that I was doing. Put that jig on it right there on it and drop it and do the same thing I was doing. So I'm fighting my fish from the corner of the cockpit. He's dropping his jig and he's like, oh, I'm on too. And I was like, oh my God, <laughs> what did I do? My friend George is totally green on offshore fishing. He hasn't fought any big game anything in the past. And there he is with my 50 Makaira and my heavy tuna rod. Oh my gosh. Holding it hooked up to a cow. I'm like, oh my God, what did I do here? So my fish starts running towards the bow. So I walk it up to the bow. I put it in the rod holder, put a safety strap on it. I set the drag and I left it alone. I walked away from it. I ran back to the cockpit. I coached my friend George to land that bluefin that he was fighting. We get it on the boat. High fives, and I said, dude, run to the bow. There's still a fish on that other rod. Okay. <laughs> so he runs to the bow and starts fighting that fish. And meanwhile, I'm on the deck, and I'm processing the fish. I'm trying to cool them down, right, with the water hose, and then getting the gills and the guts out of them and bleeding them out. Uh, then he walks back to the pit while I'm doing that, and he's like, it's here, guys. It's here, and like, those words weren't clicking like who says that on the boat right excuse me like if you need a gaff bro like ask for the gaff right like it's here it's here guys like what so i i pop my head up and i see the fish coming in backwards tail wrapped oh man so oh shit i grab the gaff go to the corner i take a swing on it and i miss and i'm swinging at like the base of the tail not a big target. Right. So I'm like, I don't want to do that again because it's tail wrapped. I could hit the line and break it off. Well, he stopped reeling. putting He didn't keep the pressure on the fish and he stopped reeling. So the line went slack. It unwrapped the tail and the fish turned around, did a U-turn. I watched it swim right under the boat out of gaff range. I was like, crap. I grabbed the rod from him, put the tip in the water and try to walk it around, back off the drag, then I could feel it rubbing on the running gear. Oh, the fish man. does a U-turn, comes back around, and swims right under the stern of the boat again and going that way. And our line is wrapped around something under the boat. So we get the fork out. We try to push the line out from uh, under the boat. Couldn't get it undone. And Steve says, dude, we're getting low on line here. We're going to lose this fish if we don't do something. I said, all right, strip my clothes down. <laughs> Grabbed the glove and I jumped in, pulled myself under the boat, and I thought it was going to be wrapped on the rudder, but it wasn't. It was a is that the, one the prop with blade. The picture of you naked? Is that, is that, that <laughs> you, mean, you mean the video? <laughs> the video, yeah, the video. Yeah. Okay. So I, I go down and I took three swings to get that line off the propeller blade. Damn. Um, and then when I pop back onto the swim step, I, I look up at them and they're just holding the rod with it pointing straight up. I'm like, dude, what happened? He's like, oh, well, we added some drag and the line broke. Oh my God. Oh my God. Terrible. Man, I can't believe you However, we had two amazing quality fish on the boat. Um, we didn't weigh any at, at a weigh station, but it, it taped out over 300. So we were super ecstatic. And then um, at that point, we're like, dude, we have enough fish to go around like it would have been nice to have that third fish on the boat. Um, it was another sizable fish, and um, but it got away, unfortunately. So 
we are still we still had plenty of bluefin to, to deal with so after that trip look i looked back on it and said you know what it's gonna be really hard to top this trip this was pretty epic in my book and after that was when i said okay it's time to switch gears and and really focus on swordfish oh okay i can relate to that yeah you hit a super big milestone exactly to me that was a really epic trip yeah. for the three of us on that boat fish was and the grade of fish that we we caught watching my friend for the first time fighting big game fish and oh, everybody a, was, i got you it makes sense now like yeah. i didn't know like you made a pivot because I, I can relate to that because yeah i know when i caught one of my biggest it was like to what's beat, next to, to, to beat <laughs> right? that is gonna be super hard right you know what i mean and uh, -huh. uh so let me just focus some let me just focus here right now yeah but, and you made the turn to uh to swordfish absolutely right and, and to guys watching this i've had a lot of success uh fishing the big tuna but you know i don't it's credit to guys like you who i just reached out to you mm -hmm. and i say that to let guys know that they can reach out to you you know oh, for sure you know this is the guy you guys want to like i just took initiative i sent messages i dm'd and he responded and we talked fishing and we got along but i want people to know that if they're thinking about targeting swordfish if you're tar if you're trying to target swordfish and you're not talking to surge uh i would i would think that you're slipping you know because you have a website right and you're very approachable Put a lot of time on the water. A lot of time on the water. So mm -hmm. if guys did want to get a hold of you, uh, is swordfishgear.com the best way or how would they go Actually, about it? Actually, my cell phone number and my email address are both on the website. So you can go there and and email me direct or just pick up the call and pick up the phone and dial. I'm trying to, I'm trying to hook you guys in. I'm trying to <laughs> get you to the plug right here. Now, another thing I really commend, commend you for because... I remember we had a conversation, okay? Mm -hmm. And it was one of those conversations where I can kind of feel maybe the spirits were down. Maybe on both our parts, you know. You were trying to you were talking about going sword fishing. You were in mm -hmm. swordfish mode and you were asking me to go. And I was like, no, I, I'm caught up. And then I I gave you a scenario about how I feel about everything. Like, I don't like to depend on nobody. Like for my success, for my goals, for mm -hmm. my clothing company. I've been through all kinds of crap depending on people. Right. You know, I'll depend on them, but but it wasn't until I, you know, just said, you know what? I'll do it. I'll do it. So then I was telling you a story about, you know what? If I want to go catch bluefin, I'm going to jump in my parker and I'm going to go by myself. I've already practiced launching by myself and mm -hmm. you know doing it all by myself right. and like there's no excuses and and we had that conversation yeah absolutely and then uh i was just trying to pump you up because i wanted you to go fishing because right. i think you couldn't find somebody or somebody flaked yeah exactly so there were several trips where i tried to line line up crew to fish with me on the boat and just people weren't interested in doing hint, the swordfish thing trying to link up people to go sword fishing yeah go ahead and they just weren't interested people didn't want to put in the time for it because it's not wide open fishing a lot of times right most of the majority of the time it isn't so i found myself missing opportunities when fish were biting and not going fishing because i couldn't find people to go with and then at one point you know probably after that conversation with ralph shortly after i just said 
And, you know, another person, too, is my friend Keith. Uh, Keith Poe mentored me as well. He fishes uh, solo for those great whites and big makos, and he tags them solo. Solo? Solo. So um, he was a big inspiration and a big mentor in that as well and said, look, just, you know, line up, be meticulous about what you do, and you can do it solo um, if you have the mindset for it. So I just threw the switch and said, all right, this is what I need to do. I'm not going to depend on anybody, and I'm not going to let anybody hold me back. I'm going to go when I need to go. And that's what I started doing. I started going Dang. solo. So and, awesome. Um, the first fish that I hooked when I was solo, we ended up, I ended up fighting it for six hours total. Three six hours, hours solo on my solo. boat. And it was off of Newport, so I had cell reception. I went live on Facebook. I remember I that. People from all over the, the country that and the other parts of the world watching me. Yeah. And then... Um, I had a real hard time with it because I was using a longer leader than normal, so I had to hand line it to get it to the boat, and that was pretty much the Achilles heel, why I wasn't able to land that fish. And then three hours into it, our good friend Jonathan, who was on your just previous episode. Grime mentality. Yep. He got dropped off on the boat. He was fishing with Billy and got dropped off and helped me drive. So he drove for me, and then I went, went back to fighting it. We went another three hours fighting that fish, and finally in the end, pulled the hook on it. I remember that. It was devastation. It was, dude. It was total devastation. I mean, the whole the whole world was devastated, bro. Oh, man. Because everybody was watching. But uh, but I'll tell you this, though. The, the amount of messages in my inbox that I got after that video, just other fishermen showing love, giving me motivational stuff, saying, oh, you did great, and then giving me pointers on, oh, okay, maybe try this next time. Um, I met a lot of great people over that, and the exposure was phenomenal. Like, I honestly, if I could go back, I probably wouldn't change a thing. That fish, no, it deserved no. to di to live after yeah. those six hours, and you know, hopefully, I'll run into it sometime in the future where it'll be much bigger. I think you might have uh, already. <laughs> I think you might have. Talking about that, okay? Now, yep. was there another trip? I'm not sure. Was there another trip that you went? And actually just kill one solo? Or or am I thinking of that six hour fight? No, so after that, the following weekend, I went back out for redemption. With who? By myself again. With just who? me and my dog Lucy. Him and his dog Lucy. You can always depend yep. on your dog, right? Oh absolutely, man. So I went out I went out the following weekend and um did another two day air on my boat, I think. And no bites the first day. And then the second day in the morning, I hooked up on on the 335 that I landed in. Three, hold on. 335 solo with Lucy. With my dog, yeah. What kind of dog is she? She's a Cocker mix. Maybe Cocker and Dotson. What size? We're going to get her a BGA certified custom tea. Oh, for custom sure, tea. man. She's definitely earned it. She earned it. <laughs> so tell us about that, bro. Like being solo with your dog, catching a swordfish. Yeah. Just so you know, like... When I got the word, I was like stoked, but it was another level when I found out you were solo. Oh, for sure. I was like, dude. he was solo? For sure. Talk about and it. On that trip, I did everything solo. All my rigging, I made my own wind-on leaders, I poured my own lead weights. Everything about it was almost all done by me. Wow. And when it came to gaffing the fish, um, 
my first opportunity that I was able to get on it to gaff it, it lined up and I stuck the first flying gaff in it, tied it off, grabbed the second one and hit it with the second flying gaff. And then after that was the task to get that fish on the boat. How long was that battle? Um, that one actually wasn't that long. I think it was about an hour and a half if my memory's correct. That's not bad. Not for bad, a, for yeah. Three thirty-five, you said. For a exactly. What kind of gear? You, what kind of gear? Oh what kind of drag were we talking? Dude. So, that this was before I really got dialed in on the swordfish, and I just used one of my Phoenix tuna rods, and a Makaira sixteen. Oh like, my god! The smallest yeah. reel, two-speed reel, that was you know fairly capable yeah. enough line to get the bait down a thousand feet. And still have a couple wraps on the spool. <laughs> and that that little reel made it happen, man. I, I got so lucky with the everything the way everything happened. I was also fishing my fifty wide, or not fifty, just fifty. Um and I had a buoy on that one out and the fish bit my tip rod, which was a smaller reel. So I fought the fish for a while and let it swim away from the buoy and and at, at a certain point, I was able to bring the buoy back in and clear that rod and then continue to focus on the fish. Wow, man. Yeah, pretty insane. Nah. Oh, the one thing I didn't mention. Oh, getting get on the boat was the kicker, Oh, too. yeah, yeah. Please mention so, that because... My friend Keith said, hey, I got something that you can borrow to help you land, get the fish on the boat, too. I said, all right, cool. He gave me a pulley system with, like, 100 feet of rope or so on it. And I strapped it onto my arch put it uh put it around the fish tail roped and then i used that pulley system a snatch block and it took all my weight pulling down on that thing to start getting that fish what on the mean? boat so it was like some kind of like come along yeah like, exactly a come along strapped onto the arch with the rope going to the around the oh tail of the fish gosh. and then pulled it on i had a couple friends come by on their boat and said hey we we could give you a hand if you want it i said nah it's cool bro i want to do this all by myself start to finish oh my gosh Dude, definitely that is, that's supreme hustle Can definitely you, rewarding one of the most rewarding things i've done yeah in my fishing career yeah and you know that just sheds light you know of uh mm -hmm. you know where there's a will there's a way absolutely absolutely now, now i fished with you and the first thing one of our first trips i noticed about you is that you're super meticulous you're very attention to detail and yeah. you know and and uh I would say one of my strengths is is that I'm very uh, open to to suggestions and I don't got you know there's there's been a lot of times where I've been making mistakes on the water. Mm -hmm. There's been a time where like even Billy Billy called me out, bro. Like like everyone's fishing, he called me out, Ralph. Uh, your your flyer's looking a little lopsided. Bring that thing back. You know, I would bring it back in if I was you. And I had like the pride, kind of just like. This guy just called me out from everybody on the radio. On the radio, but that's yeah. my that's my man. Oh and, man! And I looked at my crew and I was like, "Let's bring it bring in. Bring it in. Bring it in." <laughs> well, guess who only caught after that moment? Me. Really? Just after at, resetting. After resetting, like he said. Yeah. He saw it. He saw it. Right. He called it. I reset it because I played. You know, I played the student role. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I only say that to say that when I saw you on my boat being very meticulous with the gear you know um you brought a lot uh details that i was lagging on first of awareness. all awareness yeah first of all you you uh we're just uh mm -hmm. trying to be stealth as possible and the right. best presentation as possible let's not right. be so bulky we don't need to and yeah. uh 
I know you've applied all that to swordfish gear. Absolutely. Now, yeah. 440 pound swordfish. Serge Vasquez, to your name. Let's seems, let's talk about seems that. Seems too good to be true. I mean, still. like I. <laughs> when's the last time you mentioned someone? You heard about someone catching something in the 400 pounds? Right. On the but West Coast. Joining the 400 pound club locally, here in our local islands. Right. That's yeah. that's a pretty rare group there. So, I'm super blessed to be a part of that. Yes. Totally. The swordfish gods have been good to me. Very good to me. Totally, man. I might not get the the most amount of fish, but I've been blessed with some great quality fish. So I have zero complaints on that. And what I like about that story is it was you, your wife, and your dog again. Mm -hmm. It was almost like a movie, bro. It was like what an epic moment to share yeah. with with your best friend, with your right. partner, right. and with your faithful dog. Yeah, it didn't start out that way. Oh, it didn't? No, but but it ended up that way. <laughs> so I had planned to fish Catalina, and we we loaded up the boat. We decided to leave Lucy at home and made the, the trek down to Los Alamitos. And I stopped at the market to get some ice, and I got a phone call from a friend that lives up in Ventura. And he was telling me that he got his first swordfish, and it was over 300 pounds. So I was super happy for him. And after that conversation, I was sitting in the truck with, with my wife and going, you know, I don't, I don't know that I feel like fishing Catalina anymore. Like, I think we should make the run up to Ventura. And I said, let me check something, too, because I, I don't remember seeing something on my boat when I was loading up the ice. And I ran back into the boat and I looked and sure enough, I didn't have my two main flying gaffs with me. I had my third backup on the boat, but not my two main ones. So I said, you know what? Let's let's go home, pick up my two flying gaffs, and while we're there, we're gonna pick up Lucy and bring her with us. And you were and we made at, you were at the water. I at was that? blocks away from the launch ramp. You went back home and got it. Yep, turned turned around, headed back up, back now, home. Are you guys catching this? Because like I'm doing the math as you talk on everything that I hear mm -hmm. from from other people, and hearing you say that story, it just confirms that that there is no shortcuts and there can't and you 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 just can't be lazy in this game in this oh, big game exactly like the minor details all matter like your gut feeling follow your gut feelings like all that stuff oh my god cause yeah i was set to launch the boat in los alamitos i was already there and i opted to turn around go home <laughs> and then pick up more stuff my two main tools, right? The two flying gaffs that I use to land these fish. And how did you feel when that flying back? gaff was being used and just knowing oh that you God. had it? Yeah. It's almost like when you caught it on the right gear, that kind of feel like, yeah. oh, I got the stuff. Oh I'm, my God. I got God, everything's dude. perfect. He's going to die. This fish is going to die today. Yeah. Uh, and I had a blooper. Talk during about the it. landing of that fish. Talk about it. What's so funny is I even made a video showing people how to rig the flying gaff. You you take the rope and you pull it down to the butt end and there's a gimbal on the butt of the flying gaff. Then you wrap the rope around that and I put a Velcro strap on it so the rope stays nice and tight. And you can use the flying gaff as a gaff. It doesn't pull out when you're swinging on the fish. You could stick the fish and hold it with the gaff until you undo that strap and take the strap off. 
or yeah, you take the strap off and then the rope comes loose, then you could disconnect the, the handle on it and then cleat it down. Well, so I made that video showing people how to use the flying gaff and I had my main flying gaff rigged that way and I found a good deal on a, on a second flying gaff that was kind of the same, the same model but a little bit smaller. And when I got it, I was like, oh man, I was bummed. It didn't have a gimbal on the end. So I couldn't rig it up the same way. So I said, okay, no big deal. I'll just take a wrap on the rope when I go to use the flying gaff and I'll be able to drive the hook in that way. Well, in the heat of the moment, I'm programmed to have my equipment configured a certain way that I went over, I stuck it with the first flying gaff, unwrapped it, I gave my wife the rope, and then I ran to grab the second flying gaff, came on my swim step, reached down so deep, as deep as I could so I can dig that in really hard. Well, I pulled up so hard that I ended up in the air on my back and then came slamming down on my swim step. Oh my gosh. GoPro bounces off the, the swim step into the water from my head and I'm like, what the hell just happened? I'm looking at the blue sky. So I get up and I look, I look at my GoPro in the water. Luckily it's floating because I always put a, a floaty strap on my headpiece. So I, I scoot that over, I grab that, look at the camera, it's not recording. I almost threw it back in the water <laughs> from being like, what the hell, you didn't catch that? Oh my and God, epic footage. Went back, picked up the rope on the flying gaff, it was, it was attached to the fish, cleated it off, and then I look at my wife and she's still holding the rope from the first one. I'm like, oh my God, honey, I told you, you need to cleat it off. <laughs> so that was my blooper, oh my God, I'm only human, yeah. and you know, you just gotta learn from your mistakes. Huh. How long did that high last? Oh my God. I'm still on it. <laughs> still, still loaded? <laughs> right. Still loaded, that's awesome, yeah. man. That's an epic story, man. So Dude. people can't forget about the 440 swordfish that Serge caught with his wife and his dog, man. It's a it's an epic story, big dog. Absolutely. Now, Serge, I know a lot of fishermen and and what I like about you is um you know, you're very knowledgeable. I could call, I, I could talk to you about a, a lot of things from A to Z when it comes to tackle conditions. Uh, I know that you, your other quality is I know that you've actually applied everything you're talking about. Okay, that you know you, you uh, walk that, you walk that talk. Right. And and that goes with my whole circle. But mm -hmm. but the third thing that I that I want to bring up is that you're a true expert in marine electronics indeed you know and full circle full circle <laughs> right like yeah. like if i'm not doing clothes you know clothing at least it has to do with the fishing so it's kind of cool right right you know what i mean right. but it's industry it's industry but you're doing electronics mm -hmm. you know and um let us know what kind of services that uh you offer at expert marine so I'm a marine electrician. Uh, I specialize in electrical and electronics on, on primarily fishing boats. Um, the majority of my clients are sport fishermen, private boaters, and um, I set them up with high-performance electronics packages as well as um, optimal configurations on their boats, even as far as where to put rod holders, what kind of rod holders, 
all those minor details really matter because um, the kind of fishing we do out here, we got a pretty diverse type of fishing out here. We have, you know, island fishing for yellows, sea bass, and then we got the big bluefin tuna game. Now we got the swordfish game. So all that is uh, pretty refined in all their aspects. And the way you set your boat up and put your rod holders in different places, it, it doesn't all mesh for everything, you know what I mean? So like, I'm pretty fortunate. I get invited on a lot of different boats to fish with people. And sometimes I just get on their boat and I'm like, oh my God, I need a rod holder right here. But I don't have it. And it's like, ah, it's frustrating. Right. So you got to work with what you got. But um, nonetheless, I, I'm pretty full circle. I, I'm an avid fisherman. I know the, mer the boats really well, um, inside and out, how they should be configured electrically and all the electronics. And then I also do consulting for people. If There's a lot of do-it-yourselfers nowadays that just want to do stuff themselves. Well, they might not want to pay the full bill to have somebody install it. Um, but they're willing to pay for a few hours to have somebody consult them on, on the overall build and the scope of the project and give them advice on it. So I do that too. Tell us about these, uh, these rods you brought. So I have a couple of my swordfish rigs here and there's two rods that I fish mainly. Uh, one of them is, is this one here. Let me get that. Clean up a crew on aisle two. Let me get that, that Gatorade. The Gator? Yeah. All right. So this one here is my Makaira 80 wide. And um, this is what I use on swordfish right now as well. This rod here is actually a Phoenix blank. And it's all graphite and composite. Uh, so it's really thin diameter, but don't let that deceive you. This is actually a really strong rod. This is the rod that we caught. Actually, this is the setup that we caught the 440 on. Wow, it and does look, it looks pretty. This rod has a really parabolic bend on it, so it's very forgiving. Uh, a lot of people struggle with pulling hooks on swordfish, so you need a more forgiving rod, and this is the, the hot ticket right there. Um, on that 440, I actually had my wife fight it, most of the time and she's a total total noob angler she has no experience with big game anything either and she just followed instructions uh, made some mistakes and I made some mistakes while I was driving on it but thank God with the long travel of this rod since it's so parabolic it has a lot of recoil to absorb those head shakes if if you give it a little slack it it takes it up for you mm. so in my opinion uh, the action on this rod is really, really beneficial to helping you land swordfish if you're struggling to um, to land them and have problems pulling hooks. So I, this is one of the, this is my favorite rod right here, um, and I use a speedy crank setup on the Makaira that I attach a power drill here to help reel the the weight up from a thousand feet when we're changing relocating spots. So a speedy crank on this is with a cordless drill is is the winning ticket there and if you want to go uh, high-end and fancier got a bigger budget then you do something like this this here is a Maya Epoch US 40 electric reel and this bad boy right here is on a seeker rod I work with the guys at seeker to make a, a line of my swordfish rods 
to my specifications. Uh, these have a little more backbone than that rod. It's a different type of, just a different type of blank with a different action. Um, but yet the tip on these is still good for you to use them as a tip rod and um, spot the bite, the subtle bites. Um, I have them upgraded the guides as well. These are Alps uh, zirconium guides. And as you can tell, I got the swordfish wind-on leader with uh, the lights already in line. This is how we rig them up. We, we have them sliding on, on the main leader itself and then we rubber band them in place. Because we use, I personally use four lights on my rigs when I uh, swordfish. Now, I know we could go very deep into swordfish and, mm -hmm. and you know, we're doing YouTube, but now we're doing the podcast on iTunes and Spotify. So if guys want to come and see uh, the rods we're talking about, the ones you have for sale, mm -hmm. I mean, where are you selling these at? Swordfishgear.com. That's my website. But you Is could... it spelled like just swordfishgear.com? Yep. Yep, swordfishgear.com, and um, like I said, you could email me, you could call me, you could send me text messages, private messages through Facebook. I'm pretty much open to all channels of communication, so I can help you out and steer you in the right direction. Another thing these rods both feature are these adjustable butts by Winthrop Tackle. So they'll turn into a bent butt at the push of a button, and then they'll straighten out for when you put them back in your rod holders. Really, really nice um, bent butts there. And you're gonna start seeing a lot more people use these on the bluefin fishing. I think Billy Kay's new rods are featuring Winthrop bent butts as well. So they're adjustable. Are these on your website? Uh, yes, I do have them on my website. Right now I have, have four Seekers in stock and um, four of these, three of these in stock right now. Actually, one of them's already spoken for. And these are actually custom wrapped. The parabolic brand, uh, the parabolic rods are custom wrapped as well. So, so give us some details. If we, if we go to your website, what are some of the main things we could go pick up there? Pretty much most of the stuff that you need for swordfish fishing. Rods, skirts, wind-on leaders these are special swordfish wind-on leaders they have the loop built in for you to attach your weight and i i stock them in 200 pound for the guys with the smaller reels 250 pound and 300 pound so i stock three different assortment of those uh, an assortment of skirts assortment of lights and a uh, bunch of other stuff actually right, cool cool now you guys know I have not swordfished once, mm -hmm. and but I'm gonna document the process from my first rod I get from you, from the information I get, and hopefully we can have future content with more details. Oh, for sure. Now I know you have some videos as well, right? Mm -hmm. Where can uh where can they go see those? So on my YouTube channel, I have some videos uploaded, um, which should be under Serge Vasquez. And then my Facebook is Serge Vasquez, and my Instagram is, shit, I think it's Serge Vasquez as well. Yeah. It used to be Serge Daniel, but I think I had, a, I changed it or something. Okay, we'll add some links. Right on. Well, Serge, I appreciate your time. Oh, we have one more question. One more question for the big dog. Sure. What is your dream catch? My dream catch? Ooh, that's a good question. Good question. Um, 
there's a fish called a a lancet fish if i remember correctly i heard the name it's it's might be in the opa family super rare even rarer than opa I wow. don't know if we have them out here in the Pacific, um, but that would be that would be my dream catch right there. Oh, Another wow. one from very deep water. Awesome, awesome. Well, there you have it, guys. Serge, I want to thank you again. Super appreciate Always your a time. Pleasure. Thank you for having me on. Absolutely. Hustle Fish, you guys know we're on Spotify, iTunes, YouTube. All my Facebook fam, much love. Hustle Fish, let's go.